Welcome to the Sales Lead Dog Podcast, hosted by CRM technology and sales process expert, Christopher Smith, talking with sales leaders that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Listen to find out how the best of the best achieve success with their team and CRM technology. And remember, unless you are the lead dog, the view never changes. Welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Today we have joining us Mike Gumella. Mike, welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, excited to have you here. Mike, tell us a bit about your current role and your company. Um, yeah, so I am the uh, Chief Revenue Officer at Italian Global Services United States. Um, it's pretty interesting. We're actually relatively new to the U.S. We've been here about four years, going on our fifth year. Uh, we are part of the Italian Global Services umbrella, which is roughly about a $3.5 billion uh, a year company. And the main, uh, you know, our, our industry is facilities management. So when you think about, you know, large buildings, um, you know, whether they be in a, a, a large city setting or a, you know, a rural setting with distribution or manufacturing, you know, those buildings need to be maintained. Those facilities have several huge working pieces um, from janitorial to mechanical HVAC to security. Um, energy management is a big one that's popping up these days for us. Um, concierge services. So we really tie all of that together under one umbrella. And here in the U.S., our, you know, our biggest percentage of service that we provide right now is janitorial with security and mechanical HVAC coming in a very, you know, close second and third. So it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. Um, I've been here, I'm going on three years. Uh, when I walked in the door, we didn't have much of a sales organization at all. Um, and for the last year or two, we've really been, you know, kind of bringing everybody in the U.S. under the same umbrella. The Italian way of expansion is by purchasing companies, uh, typically family-owned businesses that have built up over the years and have established great contacts, a great service reputation. And, you know, we let those companies, you know, run through their ownership process and their, their handoff, if you will, and then now we're all we're transitioning under the Italian global banner, if you will. So it's a lot of a lot of a lot of fun stuff, but a little bit of boring stuff too. You know, organizing everybody under the same financial systems. Um, the fun stuff is exposing people to you know the CRM, the sales process, all of those things. Yep. So yeah, we're, uh, we're we're growing pretty quickly right now. Um, I know 2020 was a was a scary year for a lot of folks. Um, we were able to really take care of a lot of our customers in the janitorial realm. We were a little bit ahead of the curve with electrostatic spray disinfection. And we were able to keep a lot of our manufacturing and distribution customers, you know, moving along with, you know, healthy and safe employees and, uh, and, you know, products that they were putting out, to be honest. Yeah. You know, that's why I was excited to have you on the show. Um, you know, one, just the size and scope of your company is amazing. Um, but it's also the services that you guys provide for all of us that go to work. It's not something most people probably even think about, but it is so important to us being able to do our jobs. So it, it's great to have you on here. Um, tell me about 
thinking back over your career, the three things that have really contributed to your success? Sure. Uh, I was, uh, you know, coming out of college uh, years ago, I was, uh, I, I went into inside sales and one of the biggest things that, you know, the first day that I showed up for work was, hey, here's, you know, I had a mentor, uh, Jennifer Carroll, that told me, you've got a plan every day. Then, you know, a plan is only if good if you execute it. Right. So it was planning, execute that activity. And then lastly was follow up with persistence, right? So, you know, with that plan and with that activity, you're going to figure out who you want to do business with. Follow up with those people and be professionally aggressive to, uh, you know, until they sign a contract with you. Right. Um, I get it. I know that, you know, uh, sometimes we're, you know, we're going to make a great sales pitch and we're going to do, you know, we're going to make that, you know, test close and then we're going to make the assumptive close and we're not going to win the business. You know, I get that. I understand that. And I think that, you know, the important part is just because you weren't picked, you know, today doesn't mean that when that contract runs its course or, you know, even if it doesn't run that course, you know, don't give up if that's a customer that you want. So, yep. you know, definitely planning, activity, and then follow up. Yeah, that's awesome. We're going to loop back later on when we talk about CRM about your comment about, uh, you know, when you lose a contract or don't win that contract, following up with them later on, um, we're going to, I'm going to put a pin in that. Okay. Um, sounds good. So tell us about your, your start in sales. Uh, what was your first sales job? Uh, first sales job was with a uh, franchise cleaning company, um, a coverall health-based cleaning system. And that was very, uh, very transactional, very hit and run. It was, you know, it, it wasn't as hardcore as, you know, the, the big, uh, you know, urban legend in the sales industry is, you know, copier sales. Get me someone who was successful at, you know, old school copier sales. We were pretty darn close. Uh, you know, we had our territories and it was, you know, our main targets were strip malls and, you know, doctors, professional buildings, uh, things of that nature. And you really did have to, you know, you had to plan out what you were going to do every day because, you know, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of email. Um, I think we had, you know, five sales reps shared the same laptop and we could all come into the office on a different day. Um, <laughs> You know, and I don't want to sound like my dad, you know, I walked right. uphill both ways to school in the winter, but, you know, really it, it was a janitorial company. So, yep. you know, our old CEO used to say, do you know how many toilets we have to clean to buy one of those laptops? Right. Um, so it was a lot of in the field. It was a lot of legitimate old school cold calling. And then once you were able to get in and offer a proposal, and, you know, give your value statement and, and, and pitch like all of us salespeople like to do right. and try and close, you know, nobody could very well sign a contract on the spot, even though, you know, our average size deal was maybe $600 a month. Yeah. So then, you know, we'd have to go back to the office and it was just that crazy follow-up on the phone. Right. So that was my original, you know, and I, and I say my original, you know, I was with Coverall for 19 years. Right. Um, so I, I loved it. Um, and I, and I moved up into, you know, management into some lead roles, even, you know, dabbled a little bit in operations. Um, but you know, it's, it's the same, you know, at, at coverall here, 
you know, we used to go after accounts or I'm sorry, at coverall, we used to go after accounts that were, you know, 5,000 square feet. Well, now, you know, at Italian, we're not even looking at accounts unless they're half a million square feet. Right. But I will tell you, it's the same game. It's mm -hmm. you got to plan it. You got to execute that plan and make sure your activity gets done. And then, right. you know, once you find somebody who can use your service, it's the follow-up and the persistence. Right. Right. That's awesome. Do you have a crazy or funny sales story from that time? Yeah. You know what I actually do? Um, you know, the name of the company was Coverall. And, you know, uh, as salespeople, we always try when we're, when we're trying to book our appointments, you know, you don't want to say too much. You want to book the appointment. You want to get in there because, you know, we're all better face-to-face. -face. Right. Um, so the company was Coverall. Um, I walked into a facility, I sat down and, and I was in the discovery phase, you know, I was, you know, if we're going to talk about baseline selling at all, which was our book at the time, you know, I was at first base, so I was in discovery. And I think I talked to this gentleman for roughly 30 to 45 minutes, and we were having a great conversation and it was going and I was asking facility specific questions. And then finally, we came to that, you know, that pause for the next step. And the guy got up and he walked over to me and he held out his arms and he said, okay, you can measure me now. <laughs> and the funny part about that is I wasn't selling coverall, right? I wasn't selling coveralls. I was selling commercial cleaning. So apparently my discovery period and, uh, you know, and my questions that I asked weren't very good. So needless to say, uh, you know, I started, you know, that was a really funny story, but it was also like, geez, Mike, what the heck are you doing that this guy didn't even know you, you know, you, you are selling a cleaning service. So that's my that good. Funny. You could have yeah, sold. Exactly. Exactly. You could have made if you were selling coveralls. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So yeah, that's a, that, that's a good one. I tell quite a few of my sales reps that. Yeah. That's when you come out of and you're just shaking your head going, Oh my, what just happened? Oh, I was, I already had that account on my hot list and I was going to close it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I hadn't even given them a price or a work spec, obviously. Right. Right. That's awesome. So tell me about your transition from salesperson to sales leader. What was that like for you? Um, you know, it was, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of times folks say that, uh, you know, success is largely a matter of hanging on after everybody else has let go. So, uh, you know, we went through uh, coverall in my time there, we went through uh, four private equity purchases. So every time we had a private equity purchase, it was almost like, you know, top level leadership was not flushed out because we were always a very solid company, but, you know, they moved on to something right. and it just kind of seemed like I was, I was not the number one sales rep in the office. I was typically the number two or number three out of, you know, eight to 10. Right. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where the, the top reps were like, I'm not managing anybody. Right. And, you know, the, the, the regional director at the time came to me and said, you know, you, you're a college athlete, you do the right things. You always have, you know, your ducks in a row. Have you ever thought about leadership? And I said, I, you know, all the time I think about it. And they said, well, I want you to jump into this, read, uh, you know, read the game of work and get started so it was a kind of a crazy uh you know it was a little bit of a, a crazy transition i had no idea what i was doing and i was you know given a great book but um i just i don't want to say it was natural you know just naturally 
got into that leadership. And there were a couple of, you know, principles that I had just learned growing up that I applied to sales reps. Right, right. That's awesome. Thinking back to that start, uh, is there something that you wish you knew then that you know now um, that could have changed things or made it better? Um, yeah, I, you know, the, the technology aspect, the business intelligence. Um, I know we're going to talk a little bit about CRM here in, in a little bit as well, but, you know, we didn't have any of those things. And, and you know, we worked out of a three-inch binder with a one through 30 you know, tabbed uh, system where, hey, if I had to call somebody on the 15th, I took the three hole punch, I put my info sheet in it and I, and I inserted it in, you know, behind the 15 tab. Yeah, if, if the technology part of it was there, I mean, oh man, you know, the, it would have been, uh, you know, we were, we were successful, but boy, oh boy, I, I think we could have definitely rewritten some record books. Oh, that's awesome. Tell me about, you, you mentioned, a, you know, building a team uh, with where you're at now. What is your approach to building a successful sales team? How do you do it? So, I, you know, I think a lot of people just want to have a ton of superstars on the team, right? They want to have, you know, I want all the number ones on my team. And, and I, I just don't think that's possible. So there are certain things that I look for. You know, I, I, I look for that that small group that is that I'm going to do whatever it takes and I'm going to be, you know, kind of this gunslinger, but I'm going to be your number one. That's super important to have, but I can't have a full team of that. It just, it, it, it'll never work out positively. So what I look at is I look for, I look for, you know, a small group of those, you know, crazy type A people, which I love. And then more so what I look for are, you know, the person who has it in their DNA to work hard and stay organized because, you know, anybody can put a plan together. Anybody can follow up. The activity part in the middle of kind of that three-step you know, those three things that I, th I think made me a good sales rep and a good sales manager. Um, you know, if you don't, if you can't go eight hours a day and you know, you know, dialing the phone some days, that's a tough gig, man. That's eight hours of, you know, if you get hung up on 98 times, that's a good day because that means you talk to, to two people, you know, and, and, so I, I get those people that are, I like, I like to look for people that first and foremost have a great personality. Don't take themselves too seriously. Um, things I can find in their resume show me that they've hustled throughout their career. You know, were they a waiter or a waitress um, when they were in college, right? right? What extracurriculars did they do in college? Um, you know, did they come up through, you know, a typical sales organization that has a great training program, like, you know, let's say maybe an enterprise or, you know, in the old school days, like Canon, something like that. But I look for just that, you know, the blue collar guy or girl, the person who's going to bust their butt and, you know, has a great personality about it because I, you know, sales is hard. You know, it's that, it's that roller coaster, that up and down. And, you know, you could have three great days in a row, but you know, your number one hot list account could call you on that fourth day. And, you know, the, the decision-making process is done. They've gone with somebody else or they've postponed it. And now you're down in the dumps. So you've got to have 
you've got to have that stick to itness, and you you have to have that work ethic that you're going to get your activity rolling so you can execute your plan. Right. Let's talk a little bit about sales process. How important is a, a structured sales process to your to how you sell? Uh, it's, it's extremely important. Um, you know, we start with and we have checklists uh, for our new hires and, and for our existing reps that exist in our sales playbook. And it's important because, you know, I don't want the exact, I don't want an army of 35 robots going out into the field, right? Where I want my team robotic is in the questions they ask the proposals they design, the solutions they design. And you do all that with a sales process. I don't need someone thinking like, oh my God, do I call so-and-so now? Refer back to your process, figure it out. What is your, you know, what, what's on your calendar today? You know, a week and a half ago when you had a, you know, a conversation on, you know, hey, is this going to close? Can I answer questions about your proposal? Um, you know, why did you put today in as a reminder in the CRM to call this customer? Right. Uh, I have to take that away and sales process does that because this is a, it's a hard job. Selling is hard. So I need you to be robotic in that fashion, but not when you're sitting in front of the customer, when you're sitting in front of the customer, man, you gotta, you have to connect with them and you have to, you know, I, I don't get into a lot of them, you know, mimic your customer and those types of things, but, you know, people buy from people they like. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where I need you to be relaxed when you're in there in discovery, um, you know, gaining agreement, um, test closing, that's got to be natural. That can't be off of a script, right. but the process is your script for how you do every other thing. And when you're a sales rep and you don't have to worry about, paperwork or, you know, working with operations because man, I'm going down the list. I'm checking it off. Process has to be there. And I don't think you can run a successful sales organization without a well thought out from all sides. You know, sales process has to be built by sales, by finance, by operations. Um, it's got to be a group effort to make sure everybody gets what they need. I hope that makes sense. Oh, no, it does. And I love that. Uh, a lot of times people, I think, uh, hinder themselves by thinking sales process of just with the, the sales team, but the truly successful companies are doing what you said. They're bringing in finance, they're bringing in operations. Can you talk about how you do that or how, you know, if a listener's like, Hey, I need to do that. What advice would you give to them about how you pull finance, how you pull operations into your sales process? Sure. Uh, and I think what it is, is you've got to establish um, that open communication from the first day, you know, that you walk into an organization as a salesperson. And that starts and, and you know what, even if you've been there for two years, and you want to change how something is going, you've got to engage with those people, you know, whether you go through your manager, or you go through, you know, the finance manager, who that whoever that might be, or the operations manager, because, you know, we all know that, you know, hey, in, in the org, you know, finance always says we underbid it, operations always says we can't execute it. That's the same everywhere. But being in facilities, and having to build some of these work schedules, it's forced on folks in this industry that, 
I can't put my proposal together without operations. I can't put it together without finance. So my, my advice would be engage those folks, show them a bid, show them your customer list. Like, Hey, I, you know, I'm going after these 25 guys, sit down with your main operator, whoever that may be and say, Hey, what do you think about these facilities or these types of customers? Once they're done, you know, break it down a little further with geography and type of business and then sit down with finance and say, hey, what, you know, how do we really, you know, how, how do we successfully put together pricing for a customer like this? Right. Um, because if you don't start that communication, it's never going to happen. You know, we're supposed to be the folks who you can drop off into a room full of 100 people and we walk out with 97 friends. Right. Right. So that would be my recommendation to anybody. And, and you don't have to be new in the org. You know, like I said, you could be there for two years, engage them because, you know, sales is the engine that makes everything run. Right. You know, finance wants sales, ops wants sales. Yep. So let's, in, let's include them, you know, and I can't tell you how many times we've closed business by bringing an operator in with us. And that operator really tells that potential customer how involved they were and customers get, you know, potential customers get impressed with that. Right. Right. Do you, does finance and operations actually participate in your pipeline meetings? Do they have insight? Yeah, well, in not on a, not on a weekly basis, right? Cause we review pipeline on, I, I like to think that I'm, I'm not a micromanager um, at all. I, I really, I think a lot of my folks would say I'm not either, but you know, we talk about pipeline, pretty much every time we're on the phone. So I don't find a need for us to do it other than maybe weekly or biweekly. However, my counterpart, my chief operating officer and I, every two weeks, we have that pipeline review with our regional vice presidents who are the true, you know, those are the, the folks that make it happen. And right. we will pull the sales reps on those calls and we'll talk about what we're going after. Sometimes they're, they're long calls, because we have, you know, several new things. Sometimes they're very short because it's just a quick run through of maybe what we talked about two weeks ago. Yep. But yeah, um, finances and finances involved with every bid we do. I we have bid support, and it's really it's pricing support um, in the facilities industry. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not selling software. I'm selling mainly our labor, and we're you know, and 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 we. You know, as salespeople, we aren't always the best with numbers and analysis. So we have a team of people who help us with our pricing. So they're always in the mix. And and I'll tell you what, when they feel comfortable with you and they feel you've answered the questions and they feel comfortable with what they're looking at, yep. it's amazing how creative they can be and how they can help close business as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. Let's talk about CRM. Do you love it or do you hate it? Uh, love it and can't live without it. Great answer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's you know, talk. If, I, if you took it away from somebody, if you took it away from me, I'm not grabbing that three inch, you know, three ring binder and going back to the one through 30 filing system. No way. Right. Yeah. No way. You mentioned before early on, um, and I said, we're going to come back to it. So here we go. Um, where you lose a deal. And you know, hey, that contract's going to be up, you know, on such and such a date. How do you leveraging CRM? How do you pull that into your pipeline again, or you know, make sure that that doesn't fall through the cracks? 
Sure. Well, it, it, it starts with taking great notes every time that you meet with the customer, anytime that you are the prospect, anytime you meet with the prospect, anytime you are on the phone with them, if you trade emails, I would hope that everybody listening to this is saving those transactions yep. into your CRM, right? Yep. And yep. then, you know, in our, you know, I think in every industry, probably when you lose a bid and a new vendor is brought in, I think every industry probably has a rule of when you should check in just to make sure the other guy is following through. So for us, it's typically for, you know, facilities, it's 30 days. I mean, you're going to know right. if the company you chose can get the job done in 30 to 60 days. Right. So what you do is, you know, obviously you utilize the reminders, you utilize your calendar and your notes, because I'm from the day that I find out we're going to, you know, we didn't win it. I'm going to, you know, I've got a great relationship with the prospect. So I want to know, Hey, what's your start date? Um, I'm just, you know, I'm just curious and I'll tell them sometimes I'll say, you know, I'm going to check in with you after a certain period of time and, you know, just see how it's going because, you know, we're, we're always here for you. So that's how I use CRM. Now, when that date pops up where I'm going to call them, you know, depending on your memory, I will go through and just scroll right on the screen and go through yep. every single note. I'll look at the proposal. I'll look at my notes on who they went with, when the start date is, just so it's fresh in my head. Yep. Uh, and then you, you know, and then you dial the phone. Yeah, I love that. You know, a big part of sales is rejection, and we touched a little bit here on on uh, your approach with with when you lose a bid, but. CRM, I think, is a great tool for retrospectives uh, around the deals, not only that you won, but the deals you lost. How do you guys leverage CRM to create a, a learning opportunity for your sales team? Yeah, uh, well, once you get past when you lose an opportunity and, and you get past, let's just say, you know, unfortunately, your competitor does a great job. Well, in your discovery process or your discovery period, you know how long that contract is for. So what do we do? We touch base with them at certain key dates and we use CRM to make sure that we don't forget to touch base during those key dates. Uh, you know, we know in our industry that it takes somebody typically about 90 days to run an RFP process, sometimes shorter, sometimes longer, but 90 days is a good indicator. So we go 180 days before the contract is over because we want to be fresh in their head. Right. While I'm making that 180 day call, I've already got a 90 day call because I want to be there to be included in that RFP or in that opportunity, whatever it may be. Right. So right there, CRM has got, you know, the two most important calls once I've lost something. Right. The other thing in, in dealing with rejection a little bit is um, CRM always gives you a good, a good view of your pipeline. And I will tell you what the reps that take a loss harder than, than most do are the ones who don't have anything in their pipeline where they can't say, well, you know what, I've got 87 other opportunities that are coming due in the next, you know, 20 to 30 days, I'm going to pick that up. So, you know, you've got to really cover yourself and make sure you have a pipeline. So when you lose something, uh, it doesn't completely destroy you, but yeah, it stinks. <laughs> nobody likes, you know, nobody likes being told no, yeah. um, but it's a heck of a lot easier when you've got a very healthy, diverse pipeline. And 
you know, diversity is, is you know, you, you figure that out based on your industry. For us, it's a number of different sized facilities. Um, it's a number of different RFPs. It's having, you know, non-RFPs or private opportunities as well. Um, so yeah, there's, you know, there's two ways you'll never forget to follow up with CRM and you always get to look at your pipeline. So when you think the world is ending because you didn't close ABC company, get to look at that pipe and think, Hey man, I'm not out of the game. I got a, I got a couple more at bats. That's right. That's right. What is your biggest struggle with CRM today? Uh, it's, you know, if any of my sales reps listen to this, they're gonna, they're gonna get mad at me, but it's, you know, I'm, and I think the people listening know it's not using it every single day. Right. Well, I was, I was so busy today. I'll, I'll update all my CRM stuff tomorrow. Right. Well, why don't you update it as you go? That way you don't have to waste all day tomorrow. Right. That's, right. that's my biggest struggle. Um, and I've got a great sales team. Uh, right. I do. And, and I'm very happy with them, but you know, data integrity. Don't enter your information next week. If you did it today, gosh, these CRMs are so easy to enter notes into and schedule calls. You know, you you could do it all with your, you know, within two to three minutes. And, you know, us as salespeople, you know, managing us is like herding cats sometimes. Uh, We all have a little bit of that wander in us, right? Oh, I got to run some errands or, Oh, I got to stop here. Oh, I've I've definitely got to check LinkedIn today. Uh, you know, so it's, it's timely data entry and it's data integrity from, from my own people. Yep. Yep. Why do you think salespeople are so, I mean, I'm sure you have somebody else. Why do you think they, they are so resistant to doing those daily activities as they go? Very easy because it's boring. I, I, and I honestly don't think it's anything more than that. You know, you're in sales because you like the, uh, you know, you like the thrill, uh, you like the chase, you like the hunt, um, and sitting down and, you know, typing on the computer isn't, it's not a whole lot of fun. It's not very, you know, you're, it's, it's not a, it's not bringing anything immediately to me like if somebody answers the phone when i'm talking oh, yeah. on the phone so yeah. i i truly do think that's what it is it's a little a little boring um yeah. that would be my number one opinion yeah yeah i think you're right um it it it's not the fun part by any stretch yeah uh but we're coming up on our time here on sales lead dog i love sitting here listening to you. If people want to reach out and connect with you, Mike, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, the best way is uh, LinkedIn, actually. Uh, Michael Gumella. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn under Italian Global Services US. Uh, yeah, if you've got questions, you know, anything you just want to connect, by all means, I'm, uh, I'm up for it. You never know uh, what you're going to run into. Are you guys hiring? Uh, you know what? We are always hiring. And the good thing is, you know, I like hearing from ex-operators who are interested in sales. I have several ex-operators right now who kind of fit the bill of that hard worker activity person. Yep. So yeah, operators for sales, operations. Um, yeah, definitely reach out. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank yep. you for coming on Sales League, Doug. It's been terrific. Thank you. As we end this discussion on Sales Lead Dog, be sure to subscribe to catch all our episodes. On social media, follow us on LinkedIn, 
Facebook, and Instagram. Watch the videos on YouTube. And you can also find our episodes on our website at impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Sales lead dog is supported by Impeller CRM. Delivering objectively better CRM for business. Guaranteed.